All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, go to Acts chapter three or your phone or your iPad. Just uh, we're going to be there in just a moment. But today we're going to continue our series on that's life. When you think of um, uh, when you think about life, it's got all kinds of um, it's got all kinds of um, um, uh, surprises. It's got all kind of unexpected turns. I mean, you never know what life is going to bring. Is that right? Like like Dwayne's brother, John, you know, I think his son was 40 years old and, and he he went to be with the Lord. I mean, you just never know these things. You never know one phone call, one piece of mail. You know, it, life can just turn on its heels. And so today we're going to continue to talk about our series called That's Life. And I'm just going to ask you to agree with me as we pray and ask God to have his way with us today. Father, I pray, God, as we look into your word, we teach your word. God, anoint me to teach and preach today. Anoint the hearts and the ears of those that are hearing. And God, I pray that you would just, uh, Lord, that you would silence every distraction. And I pray for a spirit of honor to be in here, that, Lord, your word will have no distractions and have free course to accomplish all that you want to accomplish today. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, the reality is life is full of ups and downs, good and bad. It's it's full of uh, of of bitter experiences, blessed experiences. But whenever you think about it, that's life, right? I mean, that's the way that life is. Ecclesiastes 8 and 14 says sometimes something useless happens on earth and bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. And so uh, life is filled with these difficult and devastating circumstances from time to time. And these difficult and devastating circumstances, these experiences we go through in life, uh, many times leave us broken. They, they break us. And there's a part of us that's broken. And our, our brokenness has residual effects. It has lasting effects, negative effects on our life. And and it uh, many times it leaves us a bit impaired or, or or handicapped or or crippled in life where we're not functioning in totality in the way that God designed and created us to function in. Are you all with me? Now, how many of you weren't here last week? And, and this is uh, I want to just there's quite a few. I want to just do a little bit of review. We learn by repetition. So I just want to do a little bit, a little bit of review here. Last week, we talked about the fact that. Um, our brokenness uh, cripples us in four four areas. One is uh, emotionally. Whenever we get broken in life, it affects us emotionally. And, and some of us may be struggling with like with uh, with emotional problems right now, with with maybe depression or or fear or, or just a lot of anxiety or worry. Uh, struggling with rejection and, and inferiority, uh, the feelings of unworthiness, and a lot of times we don't trace it back to the fact that it's an experience we had somewhere along in life that left us broken, and now we're dealing with these things. But our brokenness also affects or cripples our character and our behavior. And so sometimes we're struggling with some kind of uh, issue in our life, like uh, we're struggling with an addiction, or we're struggling with uh, with some, some severe character flaws, and... and uh, or we're struggling with a, with some sinful patterns in our life that we're struggling to get out of. And, and many times, all these things are simply an attempt to try to cover or, or, uh, or relieve the pain that we're, that we're dealing with on the inside of us. And we're, we're using these different methods to just try to cope with life or deal with life. 
And then our crippledness also affects our relationship with others. And uh, you've heard somebody say that that hurting people hurt people. You know, whenever you're hurting, you know, it's just it's very common to just go around hurting other people out of your own hurt. You're just walking around cutting people wherever you go. And, and you know, as they say, hurting people hurt people. And they uh, not only are they hurting and they hurt other people, but they easily hurt by other people. You know, people that are easily offended. A lot of times the reason why we get easily offended is because we're hurt. And that's why we're so sensitive. And so our brokenness cripples us. And then our crippleness also helps or uh, hinders uh, or our brokenness cripples not only our relationship with others, but ultimately our relationship with God. And, and uh, the more broken we are, the more we tend to struggle in our relationship with God. Even when we have a desire and we have a heart to want to grow with God and go with God, sometimes we get stuck in a rut and it's because of the brokenness in our life. Our brokenness will cause us to want to run from God because of our shame or, or guilt or the condemnation we feel. So instead of running to God, we're running from God. And then sometimes it causes us, you know, we're not running from God. We're just struggling to trust God. We just have trouble trusting this God that we serve. And so we kind of just, you, we, we don't get that close. And we stay distant because we're not sure we can fully trust Him. And, and it all stems back from the brokenness in our life. Are y'all still tracking with me? Now, the unfortunate reality is none of us can get through life without getting broken. We're in a fallen world. We got sinful people in it. And we're none of us are good enough to go through this life without getting just broken in some way through some event or circumstance. And many of us, we by the time we become an adult, we have already been broken several times. And so, you know, our brokenness, we can't get through life without being broken. And our brokenness leaves this lasting residual effect on our life. And the picture of it is in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer and at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Now the scripture clearly tells us that this man was crippled and he had to be carried to church. He had to be carried to the temple gate. And as we said last week, I believe this crippled man is a picture of many of us in church. We've been crippled emotionally. We've been crippled relationally. We've been crippled mentally. We've been we've been uh, crippled uh, in all sorts of ways in our life. And we're like this crippled man uh, at the gate. Beautiful. We're, we're struggling in life. And so uh uh, but just like the crippled man, he didn't stay broken. The reason why the Bible records his story is he had an encounter with God and he wasn't broken anymore. Amen. And I think that that's the good news that the Lord wants us to be healed of every level of brokenness in our life so we can be healthy and whole. Amen. So there is hope for every person that has been broken in life, regardless of how much you've been through, what you're dealing with right now. It does not matter. Uh, it, it, it There's no limitations to God's healing power. Amen. And so as Psalm 147 and three says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Curing their pains and their sorrows. You know, I love that verse. The Lord wants to cure our pains and our sorrows. He wants to heal the deepest traumatic uh, wounds and pains in our life. And he can do that through his grace. Amen. Now, how does he heal us of our brokenness? Well, last week we talked about one of the ways we get healed 
is through experiencing the power of God's love and God's grace, right? And, and this is what happened to this man, this lame man at the temple gate. You know, uh, he was he thought what he needed was more money because that's what he was there for. He said, you know, he was begging for more money. And, and whenever Peter and John came by, he was wanting more money from them. Right. And uh, but Peter knew that what he really needed was not more money. He needed an encounter with Jesus. And the Bible says in Acts three and three, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. What was he talking about? He was talking about the power of God's love and God's grace. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then taking him by the hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. So what that means is he got healed. Amen. What the beggar was really needing uh, to be uh, was what he, what he really needed was not money. What he needed was to be healed. He needed to be healed of his brokenness by encountering the love of God. Now, you know, I wonder how many people are just like this lame beggar and, and thinking all that we need to be healed of our brokenness is more money. If I get more money, if I get, a, 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 you know, more stuff, or, you know, if I, if I just become sober, I'm going to be okay. Or if I just find the right person and get married, I'm going to be okay. Or, or if I have more children and, um, and, and land the right job, or if I get a promotion, if I become successful, man, all this stuff that's in the past is going to be okay. But how many of you know, it's not going to be okay. See, nothing that, you know, sometimes we think, well, if God just, you know, if he just gave me another spouse, or if he gave me another family, you know, and we want to change our environment, but we're looking for the wrong thing like this blind beggar. He thought he needed money. Peter knew he needed the love of God. Amen. But so one of the ways we get healed is encountering the love of God. That's why he says, I heal the brokenhearted. Now, a second way the Lord heals our brokenness is by exposing the lies that we believe. Now, you know, sometimes we remain broken because of the fact that there's dominating, controlling lies that are operating in our life. And many times we don't even know they're operating. We don't even know that we're dealing with them. Listen to what Colossians 2 and 8 says. Be sure that no one leads you away with false and empty teaching that is only human which comes from the ruling spirits of this world and not from Christ. Now, we know that Satan is a liar, right? And he's the father of lies. And he tries to plant into our minds these lies. And the purpose of him trying to plant these lies into our spirits is so that he can trap us, so that he can enslave us, and he can hold us in bondage. And so health and wholeness comes from exposing Satan's lies. The more we expose the lies that he tries to get us to believe, then the more whole we'll be. Are y'all with me? Jesus said in John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So listen, if God's truth sets us free, then Satan's lies imprison us. If God's truth sets us free, then Satan's lies imprison us. Right? And so to be set free, we need to expose the lies of the enemy. 
Because lies are powerful. And they operate in our life and they hold us captive without many times even realizing it. Sometimes, without realizing it, we believe lies because of traumatic childhood experiences. You know, somewhere along the way, we experienced something early in life and it sent a message to us and we've been operating in that message that's not truth for a long time. I'm thinking about the man who had trouble making a, a relationship work. He'd get a girlfriend, stay with her a while, it'd break up. Get another one, he'd stay with her a while. And he's just gone from relationship to relationship, but nothing lasting. And then, because, you know, he's, he's struggling in his relationships, but whenever you talk to him, he finds out that his mother abandoned him whenever he was young. She just walked out of his life. So then he began to believe a lie that he couldn't trust anyone nor expect anyone to be faithful to him. So he's operating in that lie and he ends up destroying every relationship and in and, and his anger and his jealousy and fear of being rejected in his life, he believes this lie that no woman can be trusted. And he's just, he's just he, he loves Jesus and he wants to live the Christian life, but he can't understand why he can't make a relationship work. And it might be simply this lie that's holding him captive. Sometimes without realizing it, we believe lies um, of the poor teachings that we receive from significant influences in our life. How many of you know a teacher can have a major influence in your life? You know, grandmas and grandpas, they're wonderful. But grandmas and grandpas can speak something over your life that can make you believe a lie and hold you captive for a long time. Are y'all with me out there? You know, I was thinking about this and you've heard me tell this story, but whenever I was young, my grandmother had a, 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 a she didn't have an accurate picture of who God was. And so whenever, you know, in the summertime, when you'd have these really major thunderstorms and, and, and it, 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 clouds get really dark and it's almost dark in the middle of the day and, and the lightning is flashing and the thunder, the whole house is rumbling. You know what I'm talking about? My grandmother would say, see, I told you. God is mad. You've been misbehaving and he's mad at you. And that's why this is going on. And I was like, oh, my Lord. And so all of a sudden, I'm starting to get this picture now that God's this angry God looking to smash me. How I many of you know that's a lie? But from the influence of those around me, I'm learning, I'm believing something that is not accurate. So therefore, as I tried to walk with God, I mean, how hard is it to get close to a God that you feel is looking for you to step out of line so he can knock you out? I mean, that's not real motivating to draw closer to God. Are y'all out there? Are y'all with me out there? Sometimes without realizing it, we believe lies because of poor teachings we receive from significant others, but also from wrong message we receive from deep hurts and traumatic events we experience in life. Like, like the man I just talked about. But I think about the man or the woman that goes through a grueling divorce and, and you know, uh, and experience these deep-seated hurts and wounds. You know, the Bible says that God hates divorce. He doesn't hate people that get divorced. He hates the effect that divorce has on people. Because every time there's a divorce, somebody gets ripped up big time, and most of the time it's both of them. And he doesn't like that, don't want that. So he wants us to try to make our marriages work. That's why you should come to the marriage conference on August 29th. Amen. But you know, they go through all this. And so now they're believing the lie that they're a failure. 
I mean, I couldn't even make a marriage work. And they believe that there's no way that they could ever become pleasing with God now because God hates divorce and I'm divorced. So apparently I, there's no room for me at the cross. But it's a lie. It's a lie. He doesn't hate those that go through divorce. He hates the effects of divorce. But everybody has room at the cross. Amen. And listen, sometimes people go through the divorce and it's no fault of their own. They did nothing to bring this on. The person just walks right out on them. But yet they live with the, with this lie that they're unworthy, that they're a failure. And because of this hurtful, traumatic experience, they're left broken. You know, Robert McGee in his book, he's counseled, been counseling for years and years and he studied, you know, the problems that Christians have in their, in their families and their homes. And he says they're really common lies that most everybody falls into and Satan tries to trap us and keep us broken with. And the first one is this. I must meet certain standards in order to feel good about myself. It's a lie. And the lie causes us to live with the always fearing failure. Everything you do, there's no confidence in it because you're worried about failing. You become obsessed, overly stressed with, with perfectionism. All your ducks have to be in the row, in a row. If something's out of sort, you get all rattled because if, if it's not in a row, you might fail. And if you fail, you're a failure. And so this is the performance trap. And then being overly driven to perform or succeed. Sometimes you, you compromise your own physical health or you damage your most important relationships. And all the time it's just because of this trap of this lie of the enemy. But what is the truth? The truth is Jesus loves and accepts us unconditionally, right? Isn't that the truth? His love is not based on my performance. He loved me when I was a heathen. When I was rebellious. Amen? So God's loving me has nothing to do with how good I perform. Neither is it you. Amen? Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've been justified just as if I had never sinned. Amen. A second lie that Satan tries to trap us with is, I must be approved and accepted by everybody to feel good about myself. And this is the approval trap. And so we live under this constant pressure of trying to please everybody around us. And if there's one person that seems like they're not happy with us, our whole life is rattled and shaken. And so we're constantly living with, is, is everybody okay? Is everybody okay? And we're always looking for somebody to reject us, somebody to bail on us. And so we don't realize that we're under this pressure because of this lie that we believe that we got to get everybody to approve us. Hey, can I tell you something? There's no way you're going to do it. If Jesus couldn't get 100% approval, neither will you and I. Amen? Now, what is the truth? Truth is Jesus loves me and approves me, not based on my performance, but on his performance. Amen? Therefore, I can rest in his approval and not have to worry about pleasing everybody around me. See, the Bible says when you live under the trying to approve, have approval of man, it's a snare. It's a trap. You can't live under the fear of man. You got to live under the fear of God. Amen. He's the one that we got to we got to approve. Right. And listen, if God is OK with us, then we ain't got to worry about everybody else, because when everybody else ain't going to one that's going to be given 
given us his judgment at the end of the, the life. Amen. So Colossians 1.21 says, once you've been alienated from God and we're enemies in your minds because of all your behavior, all your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without spot or blemish and free from accusation. Man, it's just good. Listen, have you ever been in a place where you didn't feel accepted or received too well? And it, ain't nobody saying nothing, but you can just tell. They don't want me here. They ain't happy I'm here. Their body language, everything. But man, I mean, children, children are perceptive. They know whenever people like them and don't. But man, isn't it great whenever you walk in a room and you feel like you've been accepted? You see, sometimes in our Christian walk, we come to church and we sing songs, but we got this distance. Because we're wondering, man, I wonder if God's okay. I wonder if I got his approval. And we're basing it on how well we did this week. But we got to quit that and we got to get a focus on Jesus and, and know that he performed to undo our performance so that we can be accepted in the beloved. Amen. Come on, are y'all out there? Come on, get that off of you, man. And then the third lie we get trapped with is those who feel or fail. Those who fail or feel are unworthy of love and deserve to be punished. You feel unworthy to be loved and deserve to be punished. And that's the blame game trap. We live our life constantly expecting the wrath or punishment from others. You know, listen, whenever you've been raised in a, a harsh home. And it's all about performance, because if you don't perform right, it's going to make them look bad. So in their insecurity, they put these these restrictions on you and this expectation on you that nobody can live. And then you come up as an adult and you come into the kingdom of God and you expect the same thing from God. Man, if I don't toe the line. That I'm going to I'm going to receive the judgment of God. And so we live thinking like I thought with my grandmother sending this message to me that God was waiting for me to step out of line so he could knock me out. Again, how can you get close to God? When that's your perspective of God. You never accept and receive the love of God if you can't come to him to receive it. Amen. But what's the truth? Jesus isn't looking for opportunity to punish me because of my shortcomings and failures. It's just the opposite. Jesus loves me and accepts me. And he accepted me while I was yet a sinner. He didn't wait for me to get right before he died on the cross. He knew I was a knucklehead. He knew I was rebellious. He died anyway so he could bring me out of that condition I was in. Amen? Come on. Throw that lie off of you today. Amen? First John 4.10 says, This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And then here's the fourth lie we get trapped with is, I am what I am and I'm never I can't change. I'm hopeless. And we won't say that. We just operate that way. And and you see, we battle with these feelings of, of shame and guilt. And, you know, the reality is if we if I came up here or if I invited you to come up here, and said, OK, tell all these people all the things that you did bad in your life. Now, some of them would, you know, well, I took a pencil when I was in kindergarten. And we go, oh, bless your heart. 
But most of us, we wouldn't want to come up here and talk about some of the, the thoughts we've entertained, some of the things that we went through. And so, you know, the reality is we get trapped into believing that, you know, I can't get past the stuff that I've been through. I mean, how do you how do you overcome two divorces? How do you overcome when your parents walk out of you and you're on your own? How, how do you get past people telling you that you're stupid and that you're a failure and you've learned to believe that and now you're walking around with this with this cloud over you that you're a failure? You there's no there's nothing unique about you. There's nothing special about you. You're like a, a black sheep. You're just like the misfit, like you don't even belong in the crowd. How do you get out of that? Well, you got to receive the truth. The truth is there's no limitation to what God can do in an individual's life. Amen? It don't matter how many times you fell down, God will get you up. It don't matter how many people told you you're a failure, God will make you successful. Amen? It doesn't matter how much shame and guilt and condemnation the things in your past are screaming at you, God will rise up and silence those lies and give you victory. Amen? Yes, He will. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Come on, are y'all hearing that? The new is here. The new is here. Now listen, the new is here every morning. God's mercy is new every morning. In fact, I think it gets better than that. I think God's mercy is new every moment. If you can receive it, God's mercy is here. His grace is here. And He's here to liberate, set free, break the power of the lies of the enemy that would try to entrap us. And He wants us to be free to be all that God has called us to be. Amen. Come on, y'all receive this this morning. Amen. Do me a favor and stand with me. See, I believe many of us without realizing it are being held captive. We're being, being held captive by our brokenness. And the lies that we've received through our brokenness. If we got abandoned when we're young, everybody's going to abandon us. You know, I was thinking about this, you know, for, for the Tiffany's homegoing yesterday. You know, there were people obviously broken here. And, you know, during the service, I just told him, I said, listen, Jesus wept. And if you're grieving right now, weep. It's OK. You know, because some of us, we're raised that if you cry, it's a sign of weakness. If you shed a tear. You're not strong. And so we've learned to stuff our emotion and we become hardened by our emotion. And so therefore, there's not much emotion that comes out of us. And all the while, emotion is just building in our life and we come and some of us are angry. Some of us are, are depressed. We're struggling. We're numb. Because somebody in some place told us a lie that you can't cry. That you can't share your, shed your emotion. You can't be honest about how you feel. Jesus wept. And Jesus cried. Jesus expressed his emotion. 
Jesus learned to open up his heart to Jesus. Or Jesus learned to open up his heart to the Father. Amen. And he opened it up to Jesus too, right? But are y'all with me? So I'm wondering, let me ask you this question. What lie are you believing? What lie are you believing? Maybe you didn't get picked on the team. And whenever I was young, I was the last one to get picked. In fact, I didn't get picked. They told me I didn't make the team. The baseball team. And they didn't have the nerve to tell me that my hair was too long and I would be a bad example to the school. And I received that as, I'm not good. I'm not talented. Come on, I'm just, I'm opening up right here, okay? But what about you? What about you? What lie are you believing? How is lies operating in your life? Messing up your behavior. Messing up your relationships. Messing you up emotionally. How many of you would say this morning, while I've been just talking, man, I, 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 I know a lie that I believe right now. Come on, let me see your hands. If you just, man, I see it, I see it. Listen, those of you that have your hands raised, Come on, let's take a moment. Just slip out of the pew and come up here at the altar. And we're going to pray together and ask God to liberate us. See, some people in here right now, they believe in the lie that if they come up, that this is going to be an embarrassment and they're going to, everybody's going to think that there's something wrong with them. Well, there's something wrong with everybody in here. We're all broken. Amen. So come on, just come right up here. Just come right up here. Come on. I believe the Lord wants to liberate some of us today. It's time to get those things off of you. Come on, you can't live under that. The Lord didn't die on the cross for you to live under those those traps, those lies. Come on. Now, I want you, as you come up here, I want you to just open up your heart. Now, Jesus wants to come. Jesus wants to come. Jesus wants to set you free. Jesus wants to liberate you. He's the liberator. So I want you to open up your heart. Now, open up your heart to Jesus right now. And just receive it and say, Lord, I don't want to live under lies. I don't want to live under condemnation. I don't want to live under shame. I don't want to live under guilt. I don't want to live under failure. Lord, I don't want to live like I'm an outsider, like I'm a reject. Lord, that I, I, I don't fit in. I don't want to live under that anymore. I want to be set free. Come on, I want to be liberated. Now, come on, pray this prayer. Would you Would you just agree with me in prayer? Let's pray for these up here. Just say this with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to pull down and break every lie that has held me back. I want to be liberated. I want to be set free. I believe it's your truth that sets me free. I believe your truth. I believe you love me. I believe you died for me. I believe you died to make me healthy and whole. In Jesus' name, I declare every lie pulled down, every lie broken in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your liberating power, for your spirit that is here. Thank you, Father God. Now do me a favor as you're up here. Just think about what Jesus is saying about you. Just think about the lie that you believe. What's the truth? What's the truth? What does Jesus say? What does Jesus say about you? Can you receive that today? Can you receive what Jesus has to say? Are you a reject? Are you accepted? Come on. Does Jesus say you are a failure? Or is that a lie saying you're a failure? Are you going to receive what he says? You're successful. Come on. Just receive that this morning. 
Come on, open up your heart and just receive that. Just receive the message of the Lord today. That you're more than a conqueror. That you're more than a You're wonderfully made. You're special in God's sight. And I'm going to ask some altar workers just to come and just agree with you in prayer and just stand with you this morning. Thank you, Father God. Now listen, there's a good chance that even though we didn't come up here, that we might be believing a lie that's limiting us. Amen? It's like, it's like the weights on a hot air balloon. But if those lies can be broken, we're going to sail. Amen? So let's pray together. I want to pray for you and pray for myself and ask the Lord to liberate us from every lie. Amen? Father God, we ask you to expose the lies that we believe. Lord, the lies that are operating in our life, the lies that are hindering us and keeping us from going where you want us to go and being who you want us to be. Lord, we believe that every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God is being pulled down today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're destroying strongholds and mindsets, God, the lies of the enemy that are holding us back. Lord, I pray for, Lord, a a brainwashing today, a mind washing today, a mind cleansing today. Lord, I'm claiming that every one of us in here, Lord, we've been We've been transformed. We've been, Lord, we've been changed by the mind of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us all new minds today in the powerful and the mighty and the strong name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody that agreed shouted and said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, I want to encourage you as you leave today, as you go about your life to this week, Just be thinking about that, about what lies are operating in your life and what might be hindering you. Amen?